Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. I believe one of the most important roles in society, and it has great impact on the future of morale and families and also upon individuals. It was Ralph Waldo Emerson who said, men are what, what their mothers made them. A Russian writer also once wrote, only mothers can think of the future because they give birth to it in their children. Each mother's are shaping the future of their own child's destiny, their own family's legacy, and also the society's history. As Christians this morning, we are blessed to know that God is using mothers not to just shape destinies and legacies and history, but also for eternity. As much as mothers contribute so much to society, much more so through God, godly mothers are contributing to eternity. It was Abraham Lincoln who said, no man is poor who has had a godly mother. Billy Sunday said, I don't believe there are devils enough in hell to pull a boy out of the arms of a godly mother. John Wesley once said, I learned more about Christianity from my mother than from all the theologians in England. And all the mothers say, amen. (laughs) If you had a Christian mother who feared the Lord and admonished you in the way of the Lord, then we all ought to be grateful. By our sacrifice and instructions, you are sitting in church even this morning, and not all, but for many, our mothers took us to church and hear God's word. How many say, that is my testimony, my mom took me to church ever since I was a babe. Raise your hand, all right? Many of you, many of you, and what a great testimony that we have. And how about, many of you could say, I'm on in every way, took me to church, and there was no choice of saying no. Raise your hand. That's me right there, too. And, uh, I mean, you're literally taken to church, amen? And uh, and we thank God for those memories, and it has instilled in our hearts to keep going to church and honor the Lord, and we might not have agreed with it when we were maybe teenagers or maybe in adolescent years, but it still makes an impression upon our hearts now as we're adults and as we have our own family. We want to do the same. We want to have the right testimony in that way. And if you're a Christian mother this morning, then be encouraged to know that what you do in your home as Christian mother is a valuable, wonderful sacrifice in the sight of God. And you are instilling in the hearts of your children about our eternal God, and nothing is greater than that responsibility. Women have many roles in society today. But being mothers should be upheld as the highest and the most valuable. Ladies, you might be busy, but do not neglect parenting and in being mothers. Do not seek so much of the worldly success that you fail in your family lives. Because this is the greatest role that God has given to every lady to be mothers and to be godly mothers. You know, being a mother alone uh, is very busy. And uh, I think about, I read an article, Bob Green in the Detroit Free Press cited a study by attorney Michael Mitten on the monetary value of a wife's service in the home. Now, this was a few decades ago, but I'd like to just give you some examples here. First, he listed the various functions she performed, chauffeur and gardener and family counselor and maintenance worker, cleaning woman, housekeeper, cook, errand runner, 
bookkeeper, budget manager, interior decorator, caterer, uh, uh, secretary, public relations person, hostess, and using this impressive list of household duties, Minton uh, figured the dollar value of a housewife's work in today's labor market. Now, this was a few decades ago, and I calculated in today's time, in 2015, and, and it came out to be an amount of $2,040 a week. And, uh, you know, as a husband, uh, I don't have that much money to pay my wife for that, amen? And, uh, but that's what it came out to be, and that's $8,160 a month, and that salary of $97,920 a year. And if you get paid for what you do, ladies, in your home, you'll be rich. But uh, the sacrifice that you give towards your families, uh, I believe the great reward is that you train up a child in the way he should go. And that uh, when he is old, he will not depart from it. And also uh, 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 having to display the love of Christ in your home. And it's much more of a great reward in shining Christ than any money or any gains of this world. And as we think of this enormous task and responsibility of the home along with it, Many families are taking on much more outside of the home, and especially ladies, and how prayerful you must be in this hour, and how devoted to God you must be in this generation, and how spiritual you must grow in the next several years so that you could keep your home in a godly way, and and you could train up your children in a godly way. And being a godly mother is very important, and it does come come with a great price. And being a mother alone is very busy and sacrificial enough. Yes, but how much more so in being a godly mother. And mothers, you can become godly mothers. And you can stay faithful to be godly mothers. It is possible through God Almighty. You know, Apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. You know, many mothers do work, and I'm not always against work. And I think about Proverbs chapter 31, and and, uh, she did her part in trying to uh, contribute to her family, but I believe there's some good balance in that. You cannot neglect your family. But I want to encourage you mothers who are very busy in work, I want you to be encouraged that you could still become wonderful godly mothers, spiritual mothers that could be for, uh, uh, that could greatly exemplify for your family and also make some great, wonderful, everlasting change through God's help in the life of your children. Oh, there are several godly mothers in the scripture, and there is Jochebed, Moses' mother, a mother of faith she was, and Hannah, Samuel's mother, a mother of prayer, and Lemuel's mother in Proverbs, a mother of wisdom, and Eunice, Timothy's mother, a mother of scripture. And uh, these mothers, I'm sure, they were busy, and, and they had inconveniences, and, and they had different schedule that was really uh, 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 getting them to, to be stretched in their lives, but... We see their testimony that they had faith, they had prayer, they had wisdom, and they also had scripture. And I believe that God wants to help you the same way that he helped these ladies. And, uh, and fathers today, and also if you're children in your home, let us support our mothers, God's people say. And let us in every way pray for them and encourage them, and let us not ever try to give them a harder time of what they're not and, and how they're not uh, 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 becoming the spiritual mother they need to be. And I think we need to edify them instead of tearing them down. And husband, let us not always critique them, but always have that great encouragement to edify and strengthen and also to support them much as possible. You know, one mother that we must know 
that we could often forget is the mother of our beloved Savior, Jesus Christ. Her name is Mary. The angel proclaimed in uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 28, And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. There must have been a reason why she was highly favored by God, and also blessed by God to carry his son in the womb. Not only as a godly lady, but also the scripture reveals that she was a godly mother. And not in any sense that Jesus Christ needed direction and being righteous or being holy, but we see the great testimony of being the mother that she needed to be for the Son of God. And I believe that we could draw some application this morning from her life and also from her motherhood. Now, young ladies, if you're not married, you don't have uh, uh, maybe children, and maybe uh, uh, you're married, uh, you're a young couple, and, and you're uh, uh, beginning to uh, uh, plan for your family in the days to come, and I want to encourage you to be golly and to be highly favored by God now like Mary was. Before uh, she had Jesus Christ in the womb, the Bible says that she was highly favored by God. And there was a reason for that, I believe, because uh, in every way she was surrendered, she was sacrificial, and she didn't think of herself, but she thought of God and God's will. And I want to encourage you young ladies and, and uh, uh, young married, uh, uh, I guess, uh, uh, wife today, uh, to grow in the grace of our Savior, Jesus Christ, now. And, and do not wait until your child comes or your children comes, because growing grace is not going to just happen overnight, and no one's going to, you know, uh, give you a magic wand and, and strike it over you, and, and all of a sudden you become a spiritual mother. And uh, you need to always uh, recognize that Scripture is needed in your life, and, and you need to uh, uh, filter out sin and, and be surrender and, and be the right vessel so that you could be ready to be godly mothers in the days to come. And this morning, let us observe the godly traits of Mary as mothers, and I hope this uh, will be a great encouragement to all of us this morning. I'd like to briefly share with you three spiritual and godly principles of Mary that shaped her to be godly mothers. So number one, she was a perceptive mother, perceptive mother, in Luke chapter 2, verse 19. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. You know, as a baby, Jesus was wrapped in a swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. Shepherds came and proclaimed the glad tidings of the angels. And Mary's response, the Bible says, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Another occasion, Jesus Christ was 12 years old. He let himself behind at Jerusalem. Joseph and Mary searched him for three days. And Christ said uh, to Joseph and Mary in verse 49 in Luke chapter 2, How is it that ye sought me? Wish ye not that I must be about my father's business? And Mary's response in Luke 2, 51 is, And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. And the Bible says about Mary, but his mother kept all these things or these sayings in her heart. You see, the, the, uh, Mary, the mother of our beloved Savior, was not perfect. But she had a very good spiritual perception that really guided her. And in both instances, she perceived the sovereignty and the work of God. As Christ came into the world, she did not overstep in pride and concerning 
her new baby as the shepherds came. And she also did not overstep in controlling uh, what Christ was doing at the age of 12 years old. She kept her in her heart, meditating and pondering what God was doing. And mothers, this morning, by the examples of Mary, be spiritually perceptive in what God wants to do in your children's lives. Remember that your child is not yours alone. It is of the Lord. The Bible says in Psalm 127, verse 3, Lo, children are heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. And the spiritual perception of God, which your child can only come if you're truly surrendered to the Lord. Mary surrendered in Luke chapter 1, verse 38. The Bible says, and Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. You see, before even... Jesus came into this world through her womb. Mary was surrendered. She said, be it according to your word, not what I want, Lord. This is not the most convenient thing in my life. And some people could stone me and, and, uh, and judge me to be adulterer. But I know that this is your will and I surrender to you. And of course, God protected her and also the family. And, and the baby Jesus came forth. And as we think about this testimony, Mary was in every way surrendered to God. And in every instance, she knew, what God, uh, she knew that God's will and God's plan and God's thoughts was higher than hers. And I want to encourage you, uh, ladies, to always recognize that God wants to do something with your child. Now, you have some plans, you have some schedule, you have some duties that you want to fulfill in your child's life, but do not neglect the plan and the sovereign will of God. And uh, as we think about Mary, you know, uh, you could be like Job's wife on the other side of extreme in Job 2, verse 9, who did not have the right perception of God's will and sovereignty. She said, then said, to, said his wife unto him, Dost thou stay, still retain thy integrity? Curse God and die. You know, uh, who do you want to be this morning? Do you want to be like Job's wife, or do you want to be like Mary? I think you need to be like Mary, who loves the Lord and wants to do God's will. And uh, if it be in every way that it is not what you planned out to be compared to what God wants to do, you're surrendered to the Lord and say, let the will of the Lord be done. You know what? Spiritual perception and discernment in a godly mother come truly with the great price, the price of meekness and surrender. And that's why Mary kept all those things in her heart. She didn't speak a word. She didn't respond. And, and in a prideful or maybe in a very uh, uh, unusual way. In 1 Peter 3, 4, the Bible says, even let it, uh, But let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. Now, this is referring to wives submitting to them, themselves to their own husbands, and that's another message, amen, all right? And, uh, you know, but an application can be made about meek and quiet spirit of a lady. Mary kept silence. She kept the meek and quiet spirit, trusting the Lord in God's sight, and I'm sure it was a very great price. You know, don't be like the mother of John and James. I think about mother of John and James. You know, there are godly mothers in the scripture, but there are mothers who are just in every way, not on the same page with the Lord. And I think about mother 
of John and James in Matthew 20, verse 21. She said unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on thy right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. You see, she had her plan and she had her will. And, and she asked, Lord, would you have our, my sons, James and John, to sit on the right hand of you? And, uh, you know, uh, as we think about this scripture, you know, she did not in any way uh, recognize uh, uh, God's sovereign plan. And also, she was overstepping our boundary. And that's why Jesus Christ says in verse 23 of that same chapter, But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine gift, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my Father. What was Christ implying? Mother, it's not up to you what happens to your sons. It's up to God the Father. You know, fathers, in the same way, I believe that we need to trust the Lord in some occasions. And uh, perceiving God's will and plan for your children's lives. And not only mothers, but all, also fathers being the same page with the Lord. And I don't mind Justin, the missionary to Burma, asked his future father-in-law for his daughter in hand in marriage before he went to the mission field. And, and if I could have your attention, and I'm going to read this for you. It's not on the screen. But he wrote these words to his future father-in-law in asking for the hand of marriage. I have now to ask whether you can consent to depart with your daughter early next spring to see her no more in this world. Whether you can consent to her departure and her subjection to the hardships and sufferings of a missionary life. Whether you can consent to her exposure to dangers of the ocean, to the fatal influence of the southern climate of India, to every kind of want and distress, to degradation and salt and persecution and perhaps a violent death. Can you consent to all this for the sake of him who left this heavenly home and died for her and for you? For the sake of perishing, immortal souls, for the sake of Zion and the glory of God. I don't know about you as a father. If I got a letter like that, I said, you want to protect your future wife. <laughs> but as we think about this letter, the father said to Ananine Justin, it is my daughter's choice if she wants to go. If it's God's will, she can go. And she did. By the way, she died in Burma. And uh, she gave her life there. So the father got to never, got never to see her daughter again. But, by, before, but this was all for the glory of God. And God's wonderful plan for Mary Justin. And, uh, and ladies and gentlemen, let us recognize the fact uh, this morning that God has bigger plans than we have concerning our children. And uh, do not, you know, have a plan of occupation for your children as they're growing up. You don't know how God wants to use them in their talents and in their skills and also even in their surrender. I thank God for mothers who surrender to the Lord concerning uh, uh, their children's life I, and in and, 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 and entering the ministry. And, and uh, Nathan, this past week, uh, graduated, and we thank God for his testimony. And, and his parents had to surrender. This is God's will for his life, and that he, needs to, uh, uh, be sur- that he needs to go into ministry, full-time ministry, to become a pastor one day. And, and Nathan is a, a talented guy. I think he could do things in media and, and several other maybe skills that he might, be enjoy- that he might enjoy. But he gave himself to the Lord, and the parents knew that this was God's will for his life. And 
they did not in any way intervene. I think about when I got called into ministry and, and I told my mom, and I think I need to go to Bible college. And, and she looked at me, and my mom is a very godly woman. And, and uh, I mean, uh, in every way, she sacrificed a lot so that her children could be at church. And I would think that she would be rejoicing and say, great, that's wonderful. But she looked at me and she said, are you sure? And uh, what about all the art that you did and about all the, you know, preparation for your uh, career? What about all that and uh, about the art college that you're in right now? And, uh, and I said, I'm sure about it. It's God's calling me, and this is God's will for my life. And uh, she said, all right. And she never brought it up again. And I thank God for mothers who, in every way, trust in the Lord's will for their children's life. And I hope that you will do the same for your children, whether you're a father or a mother, and that you will be a perceptive parent in knowing the will of the Lord and knowing what God wants to do in your children's life. Do not limit the Lord, and do not in any way believe that the Lord's hand is waxed short. God could do great things for your children. I don't know about you. My heart, as a father, for my children, is that they become a greater Christian and a better Christian than I am. That is my desire, that they will glorify the Lord in a, in a, in a more... Uh, in a powerful way through God's help. And um, now I'm not, you know, designing them to be like that, but I'm praying for God to do that. And, and I got to have the right perception in my, in my life concerning those things. And, and may the will of the Lord be done in our children. Secondly, we observe that Mary was a persistent mother, persistent mother, John 19, verse 25, down to verse 26. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus' mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleophas and Mary Magdalene, when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by, whom he loved, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. You know, once a mother, always a mother, right? And uh, Mary stayed with Christ at the crucifixion when all the disciples forsook him. Mary also came to the tomb, even after his burial, a persistent mother she was. You know, as we think of Mary, Mary did not have the same authority as you do with your child today. Uh, Her firstborn was the son of God, Jesus Christ. Now, we know that in Luke chapter 2 that Jesus Christ was subject unto his parents. By the way, if you're a children or a teenager, if Jesus Christ, the son of God, the creator of this world, was subject unto Joseph and Mary, how much you should be. And, uh, but... Uh, the, the, the relationship was a little different because Jesus Christ was the Son of God. But an application can be drawn to know that we should never give up on our child and, and we should always be persistent, godly mothers, to stay near our children. And that's what Mary did. Mary uh, was with Jesus Christ and, and always wanted to visit what he was doing in his, in his ministry as well. And, and one time he did visit with, uh, uh, with, his, uh, with her other sons. And, and, of course, Jesus Christ, other things to say. And, uh, 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 and even at the crucifixion at Jerusalem, Mary was there and seeing his, uh, her firstborn to be crucified and, and to die on that cross. And, and also probably saw the body, the burial as well. And uh, so as we think about her and her persistence to be a mother for Jesus Christ, I believe there's a great application for us and especially mothers to stay near your children. And the Bible says to train them and we need to be near to do that in Proverbs 22 verse 
verse 6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And, uh, you know, my mother still trains me up sometimes. And uh, when birthday cards come into my hand, I tend to read it, of course. And as I'm reading it along, you know, it never says happy birthday. It just gives me scripture, amen? And uh, she just gives me scripture and just gives me good preaching. And, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, I think in every way she knows uh, 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 what she needs to do for her son. And I appreciate that. And, and mothers, always give scripture to your children much as possible. And give the word of God. And I think about last week we had baby dedication, you know. Uh, I hope that was a starting point as a mother or as a parent to give scripture to your children. And uh, we picked some verses, and uh, you did, you parents did, for your children. And I hope you give more of those verses in the days to come. And train them up. In the Lord. I remember the first time uh, my mom showed me Philippians chapter 4, and one of the verses had a great enlightenment on me, and I wasn't even saved. And, and I remember I got my report card, and it was not well, and my mom was not very happy about it. And I said to my mom, Mom, I don't think studying is my talent. <laughs> Trying to be a little smart, Alec, you know? I don't think it's my talent. <laughs> And uh, mom looked at me, and she got her Bible, and uh, she turned to Philippians chapter 4, and she turned to this verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. And, uh, you know, that really left an impression in my heart. I wasn't even saved. And I realized when I got into college and working hard there, and, and I always refer back to that verse. When I got tired, got a little weary, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Because my mom showed me that when I was 15 years old. And, uh, and, and these gentlemen, Scripture will always change the heart of a child. Always just keep on giving it to them. They might ignore it, but I guarantee you, they'll remember it in the days to come. And giving reproofs and correction in Proverbs 29, verse 15. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringing his mother to shame. And uh, discipline is a great responsibility. And you got to train your child, and you got to give reproof, and you got to give correction when they're young. And uh, I think about my children, and uh, I think about Annabelle. Uh, uh, my goal when she was uh, 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 growing up, that she, in every way, would listen to my words. If she doesn't, there'll be uh, some other discipline that she needs to go through. And now she just listens to my words, and now I don't have to do the other discipline uh, that I was uh, relying on when she was a little younger. And uh, I, I believe that reproof and, and, uh, and correction is very important upon children because children are sinners, and they need to know what is good and evil. They need to know what is right and wrong, and they need to perceive that they need to go in the way of righteousness, and we need to have correction in that. And how the world is frowning upon that, how the world wants to uh, pamper their child and in every way, uh, uh, you know, uh, bring too much compassion where they uh, uh, bring too much grace and abuse it. And, and they never reprove, they never give correction. They always give into to their child rather than giving the right leadership to their children. And children need leadership in their home. 
And parents, we need to give that. And mothers, please give that to your children because the Bible says, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. One day you'll be ashamed, ashamed of your child because you never got to discipline them when they were a child and when they were young. And I just want to encourage you today to take heed of the Scripture and to avoid that testimony in the days to come. And Proverbs 13, verse 24, He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. And the Bible is very clear is that you need to chasten your children and make sure they know correction and reproof of life because that is truly wisdom. That is truly wisdom. And by the way, if I present this in a way to the world, you know, I might get in trouble. I think about the lady in Baltimore, and uh, Brother Brooks told me on Wednesday night that she might get sued for child abuse. Have you ever seen that clip where this uh, mother is chasing after her son, take off his hood? And uh, by the way, thank God for a mother like that, amen? And, uh, you know, just, you know, going after that boy, you know, and uh, just correcting him as much as possible so that, you know, he'll learn. By the way, I saw another interview where he was supporting his mom for doing that. And, uh, and, and, and how the world is trying to dictate how we need to raise our children. Now, I'm not indicating abuse and, and you know, uh, uh, punching them in the face and getting bruises on their faces. No, I think nothing like that. I'm not saying that. But I'm just simply saying they need some proper correction and discipline for these children. They need to know where they need to go. And you've got to train them up. And uh, so, giving wisdom and words of God's message as well, this is very important, Proverbs 31, verse 1, the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. So, the Bible is very clear, you need to give the scripture as much as possible, like I mentioned before, and give them wisdom. And the wisdom is to fear the Lord, the Bible says. And, uh, and these kids need not only to fear you, but also to fear the Lord, and fear God, and fear uh, uh, what God uh, wants to do in, uh, 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 in their lives and also through their lives. And uh, I think about Josiah. He's kind of thinking about God more these days. And, and uh, I, I, uh, Mrs. Brooks gave me a, a nice uh, coffee mug cup from Italy, and, and it has a, uh, a painting. I don't know what painting it is, Brother Brooks. And uh, uh, it's a Renaissance painting. Is it part of the Sistine Chapel? I'm sorry about that. Sistine Chapel, and, and I take it, and then uh, I used to drink with it uh, a couple of weeks back, but now it's Josiah's cup. He likes that cup with the books. I don't know what it is, and, and, uh, uh, and I said, okay, I'm, uh, and he wanted some water one day, and I said, all right, uh, 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 let me get you some water, and then I got my jug of water, and then I was about to pour in another cup, and he says, no, I want God's cup. <laughs> Give me God's cup, and then what, what, what is God's cup? That cup, and it was Mrs. Brooks, the gift that Mrs. Brooks gave me, and, and he calls that God's cup, and uh, I want God's cup, I want that, I want that holy water, amen, but anyways, uh, and uh, you know, humors aside, I'm just glad that he's catching on, you know, there's God in this world, and uh, you know, uh, and there's God's cup, <laughs> um, I think about Mrs. Spurgeon prayed uh, earnestly and sincerely these words for her children by the witness of Charles Spurgeon. He said, I cannot tell how much I owe to the prayer of my good mother. I remember her once praying, now, Lord, if my children go on in sin, it will not be from ignorance that they perish. And my soul must 
bear swift witness against them at the day of judgment if they lay not hold on Christ and claim him as their personal Savior. And uh, she said, I did all I can, Lord, for my children so that they could be saved, they could consider Christ as their personal Savior. And, uh, you know, mothers, you have that duty, like Mrs. Spurgeon. Your duty is that you persistently give yourself to prayer and teach your children scripture so that he or she may be saved. Who cares if they're a millionaire in, in, in two decades from now if they're not born again? If they're not saved, they perish and go to the lake of fire. And uh, uh, Eunice knew of this duty and responsibility very well, and Paul knew of this. And Paul wrote to Timothy, the son of Eunice, and that from a child that thou hast known the Holy Scripture, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. We also have the legacy of faith in Timothy's family. In 2 Timothy 1, 5, not only in Eunice, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which thou dwellest first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded that in thee also. I mean, uh, his legacy was not just mother, but also his grandmother. It was Lois who trusted Christ first, maybe, and then Eunice came along, her daughter got saved, and then Eunice taught the scripture to Timothy, and then Timothy got saved. And the legacy continued in that way, and because mothers were persistent. By the way, Timothy did not have a godly father, I believe. He was a Greek, the Bible says in the book of Acts. I believe that he was a non-believer, and uh, he had a house divided. But Eunice did her part to give the scripture to her child as much as possible. And Timothy got saved, and Timothy became a preacher, and Timothy became a martyr. And how they're rejoicing in heaven that it was all worth it all. I don't know what inconvenient situation you're in in your family, and your husband might not be with it, and maybe your children is not really with it, but mothers keep on doing what you need to do. Be persistent mothers. Stick with your children. Stick with your family. Honor the word and, and, and teach the word of God and, and mention the scripture much as possible. And because, you know, your Christian faith, your legacy, is only one generation from extinction. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was evaluating my life as I was preparing the study. I was thinking, you know, uh, my children praying that they get saved, and they become great Christians in the days to come. And, and hopefully, you know, my grandchildren will do the same. Now, it's really up to me in the sense I know my mom started, I mean, she got saved at the age of 33, and, and she started this legacy. Now, it's up to me whether or not I want to carry it through. And uh, I probably have maybe... Uh, uh, 30, 40 years of my life here, and I must do my part in being persistent to teach my children the way of the Lord. You know, there's some things that I get frustrated with my own life and thinking, I wish I wasn't raised like, raised like this, or I wasn't you know, taught like this, or maybe uh, I didn't have this mentality or insecurity. I kind of evaluate myself sometimes like that. And I'm thinking, you know, I just got to just stick it through i got to just do what I need to do in this generation so that my children could be blessed even more and that they don't have to have that same insecurity or maybe, the, uh, 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 maybe some 
perplexity in their lifetime and that they don't have to bear the burden that I might have. And they could bear other burdens, maybe lighter burdens, and, and they could just keep on going in the Lord Jesus Christ and, and the love of Christ and the power of God and, and become fervent Christians than I could ever become. And I want that for my family. And I'm sure all parents want to do that. But, you know, I know it's up to God, but God is looking to you as a vessel to you. And you need to be surrendered, be persistent as father and especially as mothers. Number three, and I'm done, and a prayerful mother she was. In Acts chapter 1, after Jesus Christ ascended, these all continue one accord in prayer and supplication with the woman, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. And we find Mary with other disciples in the upper room praying. And, uh, you know, D.L. Moody once said, the impression that a praying mother leaves upon her children is lifelong. Perhaps when you are dead and gone, your prayer will be answered. And D.L. Moody knew the mother's prayer was very important in family's life. And as we think about praying mothers, you know, not only do you make an impression, but I believe it makes a great impact. For God is in prayer. I mean, believe that God is in prayer. Amen? And uh, God answers prayers, God's people say. And uh, I think about Hannah's prayer in 1 Samuel 1, and she was bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow, and Lord, Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid and remember me and not forget thy handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give, un- give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. You know how Samuel became a great man of God. Why? Prayer of a mother. And, uh, you know, God was in every way in those prayers and that God intervened in, her, uh, uh, in Hannah's life and uh, also uh, in Samuel's life. And God made Samuel to be a great prophet and priest and judge in the nation of Israel. And I think about First John 5, verse 14 through 15. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. If we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. And the Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God with pastor all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And God wants to help you in your prayer, ladies. And uh, everyone in this room as well. And God wants to answer your prayers as well. Be confident knowing that God does hear your prayers. And if he does hear your prayers, we have confidence that he will answer us. I think about my mother. She texted me the other day and some concerns that she had concerning my life. And she told me about my father. And my father got saved just a year before he passed away. And this is something I'm sharing with you in a very sensitive way. But uh, my father grew up in a divided home, and my grandfather was not faithful to my grandmother, and, uh, and uh, they had a split home, and, and my father grew up with that insecurity and resentment as well, a lot of anger in his life, and, uh, and by the way, divorce is not God's will, and of course, my father grew up without God and without Christianity, and, and just a lot of resentment and anger and and a lot of stress in his life as well, and insecurity too, I believe. And uh, he brought that to my mom many times, and especially when she got saved. And uh, uh, I remember my mom telling me, you know, uh, 
I could see some little traits of your father in you. And you need to be very careful in how you treat your family and your children and your, and your wife. Now, of course, and, and, and by God's grace, I'm not like my father in, in, in an extreme manner, but I could say words here and there that could maybe resemble my father, my mom says. And I could just say, Mom, you don't know what you're saying, and uh, I, am, I, am, I, am, I am who I am. It doesn't matter. But I got to take heed from the experience that she had with her, with her husband. Because I don't want to have that sinful nature just be, you know, uh, 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 perpetrating in my life all the time and, and, and the trait of my father. And I want to make sure I become a better Christian for my family and for my children. And by the way, I cannot have any excuse in saying, hey, my father was like this, so am I. Can't do that. I am a new man after the Lord Jesus Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. I'm not like to be more like my father. I'm more like to be like Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, I'm not a perfect parent. I'm not a perfect husband, but I could aim to be a, to, uh, I could aim to a perfect God. And I, I got to, in every way, uh, grow in that area. And, and I thank God my mother's praying for me in that area. And, and I thank God that she has that witness in my life. And, and ladies and gentlemen, I want to encourage you. And if you have mothers today who are still persistent to help you and guide you and strengthen you in the walk of the Lord, do not despise them. Embrace it and love it and, and uh, 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 you know, uh, uphold it as much as possible. And if you're a mother this morning, I want to encourage you be a persistent mother, be a perceptive mother, and also be a prayerful mother because God wants to do a great thing in your family's life and also in your life today and have a greater legacy in worshiping and honoring the Lord in the future generation.